Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent. I stands for using your intuition. N stands for networking. And K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Welcome, everyone. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. Of all days, it's April 1st. But we're not going to do a Fool's Day program today. But we are going to delve into a subject that is fascinating to me. And I usually do one show a year relative to this subject matter. We're going to be talking about life and love and that it exists after death. Two women collaborated on an amazing book. I read the entire thing in one sitting. It's called Beyond Ever After, A Heart-to-Heart Journey Through Death and the Afterlife. We have with us today both authors. We have Catherine Weisenberg and Jocelyn Montanero. So let me bring them on to our show now so we can get right into the depth of this amazing, spirited book. Hello. Hi, Denise. It's Catherine. Thanks for having us. Hi, Hi Denise. It's Jocelyn, but you can call me Joss, and thanks for having us. It's an absolute pleasure. Well, I always start my show out by asking, how did you get on this journey, particularly the two of you together? Uh, Jocelyn, you want to take that? Sure. Well, my husband, as you know since you've read the book, was um, um, recovering from brain tumor surgery. He had glioblastoma, had gone in, um, it was a reoccurrence, had gone in to get... um, surgery to remove as much of the tumor as they could, although they told us he probably only had about a year left. And in the recovery room, an artery tore in his head, and he had a massive stroke, and everything went downhill from there. We were supposed to be home in four days. 26 days later, he's still in a coma. He's had five brain surgeries because they don't know why he's not waking up. There's no medical reason that they can figure out why this guy isn't waking up. And my sister um, had been friends with Catherine for years, and Catherine um, has this amazing gift where she can communicate with God and have dialogues with 
God and the deceased and people in comas. And my and my sister had had several writings with her over the years and had gotten great comfort and insight from them, but I didn't really believe that she could do it. I didn't buy into it. And when my sister kept saying, you should have a writing with Catherine, I just said no, because I was, um, you know, not a believer in a God or a higher power, really. And if there was one, in my mind, he was killing my husband. The last thing I wanted to do was hear from him. And I'd been praying like crazy, and of course, he's getting worse, not better. And uh, my sister said, well, she'll just pray with you. She's a prayer chaplain. I'm like, forget it. You know, that's even less mm-hmm. of a guess. But, you know, after a month, I was all out of hope and all out of ideas and desperate times to call for desperate measures. And so I finally just thought, what do I've got to lose? And so we set up our first um, um, time, first session. It was done over the phone. I was at UCLA, and Catherine was in Washington. And um, that's how it began. So you contacted her one month later. From his diagnosis, uh, or one month later from the entire process? I, I, I connected with Catherine after my husband, Kevin, had been in a coma for 26 days. Okay. So he'd been in a coma for almost a month, and they didn't know why he was waking up. And I just kept saying, you know, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Because I, even though we had talked, Kevin and I, about kind of the end stage of his life and stuff because he had a terminal illness, this wasn't supposed to be the end. He was supposed to go into UCLA, get the dang thing, take it out, and be home in four days. And mm-hmm. here we were almost a month later, and he was just a train wreck. He had a trach tube, he, you know, and he had a stomach tube, and he had a breathing tube, mm-hmm. and he, it, it was just, it was Nothing everything they were that could have gone wrong did. Yeah. You know, and he couldn't wake up, and they couldn't wake him up, and, and that's why I uh, ultimately agreed to, have the writing with Catherine to see if I could just get some insight from somebody or anything out there about what the heck was going on and what I should do. But, you know, honestly, I really didn't think much would come of it. And then what ended up happening is during our phone conversation, he, he thought he was dreaming and he thought he was in a post anesthetic dream. And, um, when he found out he wasn't, he was able to rouse himself from the coma while we were on the telephone call together. And uh, just a little side note, um, Jocelyn is an attorney. Her husband, Kevin, was an attorney, a mediator. And so Jocelyn, being the good uh, lawyer, asked him a test question to make sure that she was really communicating and connecting Kevin and... uh, he blew her mind in what he told her, and she can tell you what that was. But um, And that's kind of how it started. So when the writing – I'll just tell you quickly. When um, and the writing first started, one, all writings start with a God introduction. And one second, and, just let's okay. just put in there. When she's saying a writing, so just so your uh, listeners understand, mm-hmm. is that I'm sensing the energy, I'm turning that into prose, and I write down a written record of the conversation because it, it's a lot for, you know, it's a lot of information. So when she's saying a writing, just so you know, um, but uh, I'm completely present. I'm not going anywhere. It's just like we're talking right now. So go on, Jocelyn. Sorry to interrupt you, but just so people understand. No, I'm glad you clarified that because, I, you know, I've done, I've had so many of them, you know, the the 
um, miraculous, the, the miracle of the actual, you know, experience. I, I don't want to say I t- I've taken it for granted, but I've had so many of them. I, I, I forget that people don't know what I know about it, so I apologize for that. Um, but, but anyway, he, um, I um, asked him, he, all the writings start with a God introduction, which kind of gives you a preview about what's coming, and although you don't really realize that at the time. And, um, and then Catherine said, well, I hear a man's voice. And I said, well, who is it? He goes, it's me, Kevin. And that's when he said he thought he was dreaming. He had no idea he'd been in a coma for 26 days. And then he said a few other general things. He asked how the kids were. He named them by name. And um, and I thought, you know, my sister Vicky could have told her what my kids' names were and, you know, the other general things. And so I asked him what the last thing was that he remembered. And he told me something so specific that I knew that Catherine couldn't have known that. And what he told me was um, that the last thing he remembered was reaching up and taking Linda's hand, that's the brain surgeon, Dr. Linda Liao, and, and saying, thank you for doing this, Linda. And mm. I, I, when she said that, I was, I, just, I, I, I was floored. I mean, I literally almost fell off my chair because after the surgery, you know how the surgeons come out to tell you how the, it's gone. And she said, she comes in and we're all nervous. She goes, everything's fine. Everything went great. Um, but I got to tell you, before I get into details, your husband's just the nicest man. You know, as we're wheeling mm. him in, he reaches up and grabs my hand and says, thank you for sure. doing this, Linda. And the only people that heard it were me and my two kids. And then, you know, half an hour later, the artery tore in his head. Everything mm. went downhill from there. It was just a complete train wreck. And I never repeated it to anyone. And I never really thought about it again because, you know, when everything just goes south, it's a lot, you, know, you just don't think about those little things. And so when he said that, I knew it was him because that was the last thing he remembered. And obviously I knew that because from what the surgeon told me, and that was right before they put him under. It's incredible. So then I knew I was talking to him, and from there the conversation, the communication, I should say, um, you know, took a different turn because I knew it was him. And so then we just started talking like you and I are talking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, uh in your book, you have a lot of conversations. There's six yeah, the complete book has in the six book. complete, yeah. Yeah. And and um, as you know, since you've read them, it's really the bulk of the book because um, it, they're just so incredible and amazing. And we wanted to share with, you know, when we wanted to write this book, we wanted to share it all word for word. And a lot... Um, most of them were actually recorded, which is something Catherine doesn't normally do. Mm-hmm. And so which was great about that is you could just hear every little detail and sigh and what I'm crying and the you know you know, the tone and it, it it's it was really it's just an amazing experience. And as and so just for your listeners, the book is written like as a four part narrative. God, Kevin, her husband, Jocelyn, and myself. And Kevin um, takes uh, sharing with in these writings, in these sessions, shares, he's coaching Jocelyn in her letting go of him, how to handle his death, um, and then talks to her from his deathbed and to his children, says his last goodbye, and also talks about what he saw when he died and then what the hereafter, the afterlife is for him. So 
it really he really um in a way provides a vantage point that few of us ever have or hear about mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know can know until we're having our own experience so yeah well they had an incredible and, and you know Denise if I if I hadn't had this experience I wouldn't believe it you know, I'm not a drink the Kool-Aid kind of a person, and mm-hmm. I'm, you know, as an attorney by training and just one of those people that needs a direct experience to believe pretty much anything or at least or watch someone have one, you know. Right. Um, but I would have, you know, if I heard this from somebody else, I, I wouldn't believe it either unless I'd had this experience. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to share it because mm-hmm. um, I was just, I'm, I was and, and still in so many ways question everything. And, you know, I, I think there are a lot of people like me out there, you know, who could benefit now from that, this. Yeah, now that the book's out there, people are coming out of the woodwork because we've all had our experiences, our own mm-hmm. feeling someone we love that's gone is with us, our own, um, you know, ways in which we may never have told anybody, but we have readers reach out to us and when I was eight years old, I felt my grandmother or, you know, my husband died four years ago, but I always feel him near me or, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so it, we're all having these experiences and it's sort of a kind of a taboo topic. Death in general um, can be. So, uh, you know, that's what we're hoping is that um, people, you know, death is as normal as birth, really. And, um, you know, unfortunately, in the times we're living in right at the moment, you know, uh, it's never been more um, salient, you know, this uh, this fear of death. And, and what we know is the people we love who go on um, don't go into a big void, a big black hole, and never mm-hmm. to be seen or heard from again. They're... They're present, and our love is not taken away or um, uh, extinguished at death. What came to mind while reading the book was the true love story between Jacqueline and her husband. Right. And and that's my favorite part. And I... Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, uh, you see Catherine laughs, but Kevin and I, and um, and I, and I don't, I don't even think I even adequately conveyed it because we just, we had a just a wonderful, great marriage. We just totally dug each other. That's the only way I could put it. We just, you know, we just we worked together, and we weren't working. We always wanted, to, we never wanted to be anywhere other than with each other. I don't think most couples after twenty five years, you know, feel like that. But we just we could never get enough of each other, and um, and so that um, connection, you know, held held through all of this. Is the, um, and that's and the same. Think... People comment to me all the time about that. You know, how did you get so lucky? And I said, I have no idea. I always told myself if he figured out what I was really like, he would run the other way because he was such a high, he was such a better quality person than I was. And it still is, but um, I just I just lucked out. Well, Catherine, women always ask me that. How'd you get him? And I said it was pure luck. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, pure luck. <laughs> well, Catherine, let me Catherine, let me ask you this. In obviously um, 
you have other experiences with other people. Is is there an element to this relative to the fact that Jocelyn was so close with her husband that you were uh, able to, I don't, to get them to communicate? No. I mean, I can do – I've done hundreds of these sorts of facilitations. So it really wasn't uh, – in. it wasn't a product of, um, of their level of love or attachment um, because, you know – all love is unique and individual to the people that are experiencing it. Um, so in that way, no, it wasn't um, because the ones we love are always connected to us. So mm-hmm. now why why this story um, and why, um, you know, this turned into a book, uh, it, uh, it just, I think that was sort of a, a greater, um, you know, plan by God, if you will, to have this be the story. But no, I don't think that you need to have some wonderful romantic love story to stay connected because mothers and children, fathers, parents and children, children and their parents, children and their grandparents, you know, this is one kind of love, but all the all types of love reach um and connect us so Jocelyn have you been able to connect with any other people that possibly have you know, passed I, in your life yes uh, just a few i um once when i was um having a writing with um Catherine and i was um thinking about um going to hawaii with my um um sister-in-law and I wasn't really you know sure I wanted to go for the summer my my youngest son was going to be going on a um, a um, service trip and so I had some time and and she said you know you should go to Hawaii go to Hawaii you know come with me to Hawaii she was she used to live there and I was on the fence and I was having a writing with Catherine and when Kevin was done talking she goes I hear a different there's a different man and then my brother said hey joss richard here and that's just the and, and when she's communicating what she the download her her voice inflects the way they would inflect like it's her voice but she would say things exactly the way kevin would say them or it just it sounds like him but out of her voice oh. and and so he said you know hey joss richard here and i just was because he'd been dead for, you know, probably, I don't know, 10 years. And he said, go to Hawaii. Go to Hawaii with, 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 go to Hawaii, and you'll have a great time, and she won't go without you, and she's always been, um, you know, just like a sister to you, which she has been and always was. And so um, I, I went, and, and we talked a little more about some other things, and I'm, I asked him how it was going, and he said it was going great. You know, he's, and um, and he said that um, he thanked me for continuing my friendship with his wife after he passed, and being there for his family. And then, then my dad chimed in, and um, and I was, and he goes, "Hey, Tiger," which is the nickname he always called me my whole life. And I'm like, "Dad," and uh, and and he and he said, "Go to Hawaii," and I said, "Okay, okay, okay, I'll go." And and then he said, and it's 
and um, you know, and start enjoying your life again. And he Aww. and he said, you know, go. He said, you love to dance. Go dancing. Like like don't you know start living again. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then I you know and I I I um, and then that was really neat too because just to you know hear that that. So those are the only other two I've had because honestly I only ever wanted to talk to Kevin. But of course, you know my my sister has talked to uh, uh, lots of different um, members of our family, including my mother, who just recently died in um, August. Oh and, my gosh! Um, well, you know it's funny when she was dying. It was um, I know I'm digressing a little bit, but after this experience I had with Kevin, you know I don't fear death anymore. The number one takeaway that I have from all of this is that I'm okay, everyone's okay, and death is not a failure, which is like if you live your life thinking that, it frees you to be honest and loving and you know, all kinds of things that you just you don't sweat the small stuff anymore, you know, when you know you're kind of held in huge, loving, universal arms. And um, when my mom who was 91, she mm-hmm. got sick over the summer, and she um, very quickly was going to go to hospice, and I said, okay, I'm going to come with you, and I'm going to stay with you the whole time, and I'm going to do the hospice thing with you because it, they, the hospice staff can't really take care of them as much as they need. You know, they can't feed them every meal and everything. And it was such a completely different experience than I'd had with Kevin at hospice. And my mother was in the same hospice facility at the same month that my husband was six years later, the exact same place in Santa Barbara. We were in the same hospice facility. But the experience was so different because I knew she was fine. I knew she was going to, that there was something else after there for Mm -hmm. her. And not stressing about her dying. I mean, it was exhausting, of course, taking care of someone 24-7, even though the nurses are there and my my brother and sister helped, of course. But I just said, you know, Mom, you're going to be fine. I have zero worries about where you're going after this. My job is to make sure you get there in no pain, and that's what I'm here for. We're just going to make this as smooth as possible. And it wasn't, it wasn't like an anxiety-provoking experience like it was with Kevin. I was like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, he's going to die, he's going to die, he's going to die, you know. And, but then I knew afterwards that he was fine. He was better than fine, and he was still there, and he's, you know, and he's still here. So it, it – it helps you be with other people who are having that same experience and not mm-hmm. and not make it a tragedy and that's good for them because when they're around people who are just so freaked out about it it makes it an anxiety provoking experience you know and Catherine? It, and it and it, it uh-huh. oh, sorry Jocelyn did you want to finish No no, no your... I'm just saying it doesn't need to be Oh okay uh Catherine are children able to do the same as Jocelyn is with Kevin? In other words, are uh, Jocelyn's children able to communicate with Kevin? Well, there's a writing in the book where they did at hospice. Is that, uh, is that what you're asking? After, after, you know, after, death. after death. It after doesn't death. really... It doesn't really matter who's the age or if it's – I have a lot of parents who have lost children that communicate with their children who have passed or uh-huh. children. Okay. Yeah. So there's no um, – There's no the, age barrier, you know, correct? There's no, no age barrier? And, and, 
And also, Denise, there's no time barrier. So somebody who could have uh, died, I have a, a woman I just love dearly named Jen, and, when, and she's 84 now. Um, and when she was a young girl in high school, she fell in love with a Native American in North Dakota, Native American boy. Uh, she's Caucasian, and that was super big taboo, no-no. And um, he mysteriously disappeared and was later found uh, deceased. Um, so we won't go into that story. So she she's 84. I she's probably uh, I probably have been connecting with uh, Don was her boyfriend at the time for the last 25 years. And so he was gone however many years he was gone, 50 mm -hmm. some odd years, and just as available. So this idea of time and space that we hold in this 3D kind of reality, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's it those those principles or laws that we uh, ascribe to of how things work here and there, um, they're completely different. They're not limited. They're really unlimited. So it's not Love only that. age or the length of time you're gone or anything. Because love doesn't have a time. Love doesn't live in a linear time frame. We all know that. Mm -hmm. It's not held to those rules. Mm -hmm. so. Hmm. Jocelyn, are you still c communicating with Kevin? You know, I haven't had a writing in a while. Um, I think we've had a total of, I want to say, 54 or 52. Um, That's a lot. Over the last, yeah, we, we, we've had a lot of them. And although I, I haven't done... I haven't done one in a while, but I still get, and this is in the book too, as you know, you know, um, mm -hmm. signs mm -hmm. all the time and um, uh, from him. But with this, um, you know, how things are going right now, I've, I've been, um, he's been on my mind. Um, I mean, he's always on my mind, but of more course. so now with, with, with what's happening because I'm worried about my children and um you know uh, other you know i'm worried and sure. i have been talking to him you know you know i'm worried about this i'm worried about that and and i but i'm not i'm not too worried i mean i don't want to i'd rather not get sick and die because i just had a grandchild i'd like to enjoy it for a while and i but i know if that <laughs> yeah, happens no i'm going to be fine but you know i'd like to stick around for a little while if i could and everybody's going to be I, just fine but, well you know either way i'm going to be just fine Either way, mm -hmm. I'm going to be fine. But the, lately I've been, you know, conversing with him a lot more. And, and between him and I, as you read this in the book, when, when he wants to send me a sign, there's often a squirrel involved. I can't leave my house or go anywhere with a squirrel not running right in front of me in the car or this or that. <laughs> and so, I and, that. yeah. and that's that's just. I mean, literally, like this this morning, uh, we you know we had a, we were just about to start a radio interview, and I looked out my window because my dog started to bark, and I was just about to put him in the other side of the house so they wouldn't hear it on the interview. And I look at my window, and on the telephone line is a squirrel. And there's this one squirrel that always goes on this telephone line right in front of my window whenever I'm going to have an interview. And I always look out, and that dang squirrel is always there. And so I, you know, I get, you know, it seems like he's, he's, you know, he's always present. 
with me. Yeah. And yeah. Um, but yeah. The, the other thing is that um uh, as you know in our book Beyond Ever After, you know, he's coaching her, he's giving her advice, he's yes. seeing things coming, he's guiding her because they have a much more in-depth view of us and what's going on and have that kind of finger on the pulse line. Um, So while it's wonderful to have signs and very meaningful to say that they're there, in the writings and in those dialogues, they know things that are more pressing um, than we do. Because, of course, all of us have our blind spots as individuals, you know, and um, uh, our protective mechanisms of self-defense and denial. And and surely all of those alarm bells are going off in the time of corona, right? And Mm -hmm. so um, what Kevin offers in the book is a way to frame death, to frame uncertainty. Um, One thing I want to make sure that we do touch on is that, you had raised the issue about him, um, children talking to their parent. And yes. um, as you know, uh, when Kevin was in the hospice serenity house here in Santa Barbara, I went and did a writing for his family in which Kevin said goodbye to his children. It was his last goodbye. Of course, he was comatose again and actively in the late stages of dying, the death process. But, um, you know, he told them how much he loved them. He told him, told them what had shaped him as a person. All those pearls of wisdom that we want to share with our children, let's say, or that we think, I've got lots of time to do this. I can, you know, um, and his appreciation for them. And, and of course, I asked Jocelyn, and this is all in the book, I said, did you, did you know Kevin She said, no, you know, I knew some of the details, but I did not know all of that. So I really want to um, say that also this is a time to communicate how you love each other, what you appreciate in specifics, and don't assume that we all have time. I mean, I know that we feel like there's a big clock tower over us right now um, with uh, this coronavirus, but that's so important um, to remember, to write person a note, to write them an email, because sometimes it can be feel very awkward to share your appreciations or to hear it. You know, it's embarrassing when someone says, you know, I really love you and I appreciate you. Oh, yeah, thank you, I know. So I really think that um, that is something that we talk about in the book that, of course, when the loved one goes, gives so much peace to that person and gives the person the permission to die. Because we have all heard those stories where, you know, mom is holding on until her son makes it from Florida and then he arrives and three second, three minutes later she passes or whatever. So I think that um, raising that, connection of gratitude and love explicitly with the people that we love right now, you know, after you listen to the show, pick up the doggone phone or type an email or whatever it is, um, because 
that ends up being the most important thing. And we think about now people are passing and their loved ones are not with them, are not able to go into hospitals to see them. And I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer about this, but let's just do that now. I mean, I believe that in heart we can communicate across distance and time and we don't need to be right in the room, but I also wanted to be sure to... um, you know, make that uh, that reminder something that we we share and we do share in our book. But no, it's, it's all the more it's salient a, it's, now. Yeah. It's a great message. Well, you know, Catherine. No. I, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Denise. No, go on. So I was gonna, I was going to say that when this coronavirus thing really started heating up, and you know, of course, I I've been thinking about all the implications about it as everyone has been. And I've been doing just that. I've been reaching out to people just by text and email, just saying, you know, these are really um, unsettling and unprecedented times. And I just want you to know that I really, you know, valued the, you know, connection we had at, you know, whenever that was, you know. I mean, I'm reaching out to people at all different times in my life. And just, I just want you to know that, you know, you were important to me at one point, And even though we haven't connected in a long time, I thought of you, and I just wanted to reach out and tell you I hope you're safe and well and that, you know, maybe when this is all done, we can connect again and not have it be so long. And I felt yeah, really no, good yeah, about just reaching good. out, you know, and just throwing mm-hmm. that. And the funny thing is I, nobody said anything back to me yet. I probably did <laughs> 50 of those. I, was waiting, <laughs> I, I haven't heard a say, word back. <laughs> I was, was going to say, you know, I'm oh, still no. waiting to get my email from you or my <laughs> – well, yeah, I talk to you every day. So. <laughs> oh, that's too much. But, yeah, no, I mean, there's no question right now. We're, we're all in what I consider a timeout. Mm-hmm. But, and then we have that social distancing. So it's really important to keep, keep up with everyone, you know, via phone calls or texts or whatever, because, you know, there's a certain percentage of the population that lives by themselves. Right. And yeah. and I, they need uh, our support more so than ever. And as a community, right. we need to pull together to help everyone. This isn't about yeah. just us or our families. This is right. this is a, a really big thing. Yeah, it, I belong it's to an unprecedented yeah. thing. Yeah, I belong to some communities that have a lot of elderly people, and so I'm starting uh, weekly Zoom meetings because I know that a lot of them live alone, and to see the other faces of the people that they're used to seeing once a week, it just warms your heart. It's like, I'm not alone. There's Sally. I see her every Thursday morning at 10. Oh, hi, Sally, you know, and and going forward that we, we, we... have these communities and connections that we activate them, that we groundswell those, because that is what's going to get us through this. And, um, you know, that's the power of love and connection and gratitude. And that's available whether I'm sitting in my office talking to you or, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm in a restaurant having a conversation with you, you know, and, and you're sharing this message, so and all I'm, the messages I'm, you share. I'm hopeful, truly hopeful, that when we come out of this situation, that it's going to change things. Yeah. Well, you we know, get real, real about what's important. 
Exactly. I, you know, exactly. In other words, we're not going to just all go back to the way we were before where, you know, families were sitting and having dinner and everybody's on their tech texting on their phones instead of actually communicating. Now what's happening is everybody's at home and it's not going on quite as much as it was before. We have more time. Well, you know, I'm in, uh, well, we both are, we're in Santa Barbara, you know, when I'm walking in my neighborhood and I'm seeing the garage doors open and I'm seeing families in their, on their driveways shooting hoops and I'm seeing mm-hmm. lots more people walking because probably they're not working anymore. So, you know, and it, it almost seems like it's the 60s again in some way. Exactly. There's this more people, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. thankfully we don't live in New York or a high density area that we can right. walk and you see somebody coming on the sidewalk, you go into the street. You know, it's easy uh-huh. to do. But sure. but I am I am uh, marveling at it's almost as if we've rolled back the time clock yes. and you know, people yes. smile and they wave and um you know, I know we're early on in this, um, but yeah, it's just, um, and people have time. You know, we're not just busy with our head going forward, like I have to check my list, i got to stop by the grocery store. So, But this, this is the message of our book, Beyond Ever After, is death is not an ending. That the love and connections we forge and have here, they sustain us. In, in this life and in the next, and to know that and to really feel that in your heart that if, and we probably will be losing people that we love and know, unfortunately, or a friend of somebody's or whatever, and to know that death is not an ending um, just because we can't see beyond it what's um, right here and now can bring tremendous comfort and tremendous hope and that we have these guardian angels, people who love us, however you want to conceive of it, God, spirit, the source of love, whatever it is that can come and be with us and is not contagious, is not going to infect us with anything but love and more peace and more gratitude and more appreciation. And that is is hard to remember when you're afraid and you're a human like we are, and especially in these particular times. But it is it is accessible to us, and um, you know they may we may not be able to hold hands with our friends, but we can be held by this connection that we that lives in our hearts inside us that's alive and active and can reach forward um to people in in this life and in the next so I'll get beautifully off my said. No, it's, it's beautifully <laughs> well, you know, said so really. much, Catherine. I, I was you know Denise I I completely agree with you about this kind of reset and I was thinking how this market has had, the stock market has had this huge correction. And I was mm-hmm. talking about it with my um, my youngest son. Well, he's 20 now. And, um, and he said, we have need, we've needed a societal correction for a long time. We, need, we needed not just a market correction, but a societal correction. Yes. And he's, he's always told me, God, I wish I lived in the 50s. When you know everyone sat around dinner to te- at the same time, oh and they gosh. did this and they did that, and and now 
we're all forced to do that, and it's great. I have never had this much food in my refrigerator. I'm making three meals a day for my kid who's home from college. I'm, I have, haven't been this happy in a, I mean, I'm in this horrible situation, but I have my family here, and we're interacting, like you were saying, in a way that we haven't mm-hmm. in a long time because we have the time. And it's, a, it's definitely a silver lining in this very dark world. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it's truly a blessing. And my, my worldview at this point is we can't predict what's going to happen tomorrow, but we have today and we have now, right now. And we need to make the best of it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is within our purview. We, we can make choices, and I hope we choose kindness and love and appreciation and connection. Um, and I think we are. I think the vast majority of us are. And that's, that's, that's just warming and hopeful. Absolutely. Well, I encourage everyone that is listening today and that will hear our podcast in the days to come to purchase the book Beyond Ever After. It is an amazing book. I think it'll it'll open you up to true love, hope for the future, and obviously our current beliefs um, about death. And, you know, we have a website where people can share their stories. What we're finding from our book is everybody has had these experiences Mm -hmm. where they've felt grandma or, you know, just felt a connection. And many of us have, you know, helped with people or lost loved ones and been there when they've died. And we know that that can be sacred space. It can be sometimes the most loving space. And um, so we have a Submit Your Story um, on our website, uh, beyondeverafter.com. That's oh, great. Beyondeverafter.com. And, and you would be amazed at how many people are sharing their stories and saying, you know, when I was 12, I had this experience, and I've never forgotten it, and I'm, you know, 72 now and it Mm -hmm. changed you know and I'm not afraid to die or my grandmother came to me and um, Mm -hmm. you know uh, so and I hope we start having these conversations that death isn't this taboo topic that it is you know birth is a joyous event and death is while sad is not sad for the person who's dying and that too can be, you know, I'm glad we call them now. Some people have celebrations of life, you know. It's just really sinking into that deeper gratitude of what we bring to one another and who we are to each other and, you know, so. Yeah, I, on a personal note, I had the opportunity to, to comfort um, an ex-boyfriend's wife. He was mm. a boyfriend of mine in my 20s and you know, we stayed in communication over the years and he passed and the very morning that he passed and he, and I wasn't even in the same city. There was a bird, you know, you with your squirrels. Well, this was a bird and it would not be quiet. 
it was outside my office window and it would not shut up. It went on and on and on and on and on. It went on for about 15 minutes. And I thought, this is the craziest, weirdest thing. And then I realized, you know, it's funny. whoa, Go ahead. I called his wife and he had passed that, that morning. Wow. Wow. You know what's funny is we get, as Catherine was saying, we get these all these right um people writing in and and I and I will I always respond. I just want you to know that you will get a response if you write in. And I cannot tell you how many bird things are in there. Is where people, oh really? It's a bird. Yes, so like for example, someone um uh had a um their their loved one who passed was an avid bird watcher and always loved red robins. And they were in a different part of the country when this person died and didn't even know they would die. But all of a sudden, in a snowstorm at 2 o'clock in the morning, they hear this peck, 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 peck out in the window. And they go to the window, and there's this red robin in the snow pecking on the window. Peck, 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 oh peck, 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 peck. It, it, it's so funny because birds seem to, well, all animals, I think, but it's, 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 when you said <laughs> yeah, that, I, I just thought there's been people sharing stories. There's been a lot of bird stories in there. So I don't know if it's the wings have something to do with it or whatever. But. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say about that, Catherine? What's your they take on it? They take themselves lightly. They take themselves lightly, these birds. <laughs> 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 but it's funny you say that because... Everyone talks about the birds. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I really enjoyed both of you joining us today. It's just been great. Really made my day, and I'm sure it's going to make everybody else's when they when they hear our podcast going forward. So, thank you again, Catherine Weisenberg and Jocelyn Montero. People, please get their book Beyond Ever After: A Heart to Heart Journey Through Death and the Afterlife. Available on Amazon. You can just go to Amazon. <laughs> so, Excellent. You don't you know, it might be a few story, days. Please, uh, it might be a little while to get the book because food <laughs> is on there. book so you don't even have to worry about there you go. touching it. <laughs> <laughs> available as <laughs> an e-book. So. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> we weren't thinking that when we made it an e-book available, but oh, you know, it does come in handy. Excellent. So. <laughs> well, no, thank I was just going to say for having us. I was just, sure, I was just going to say, you know, you might not get it right away because Amazon right now they have to deliver food first. Everything else is right. secondary. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you so take to care. spiritual nourishment. <laughs> there <Yeah>. you go. <laughs> take care, both of you, and um, may your families be well. You All too, right. Denise. Thank Thanks you. for having us. That was a that was a lot of fun. That was it was great. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you everybody for listening in today. It was a great interview. Join us again next Wednesday. We'll have another special guest and a great topic. Until then, please be well. Bye bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have and follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa 
at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 